what you have to say to us today. God, wrap us in that fatherly hug. Hold on tight, Lord, as we just let go of the things that are holding us down. Let us let go of the past, of the present, and just be where you want us to be, God. I just pray this in your amazing name.
Let me rephrase that. I know he hasn't been to church since I have lived here. So you haven't all had the chance to meet my twin brother, who I met my freshman year of college. Same birthday, exactly the same birthday. He's, um, we figured it out, he's seven hours older than I am. So we just figured mom had a long labor. Uh, we used to tell people when we were in college all the time, we were twins, separated at birth. He's from Point Hope, Alaska. I'm from Hillsborough, Oregon. Our mom was white and our dad was black. And that's how it happened. And we actually had people believing us until we informed them our sister was a zebra. <laughs> we said that over and over and over. We used it for four and a half years over in Nampa in college. We lived together, we roomed together, we were best men in each other's wedding. Um, we did life. And he called me about a week ago. Actually, when I went on vacation, we wound up um, seeing each other for a little bit and we had a discussion about our present times. And you know, it, the whole, um, situation we find ourselves in, whether it be through COVID or whether it be through the racism that is continuing to go on. It's kind of hit home to me and how this all comes about and how this works. And yesterday he put on Facebook a video of a friend of his up in Alaska that got stopped by a gal who was going home because he was a few blocks away from her house jogging and he was a black man and she had the questions for him and Jeff said it makes it all too real when it's one of your good friends and he said this could happen to me in Idaho. Now here's the thing, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be this type of situation. In fact, I, I think I can tell you, um, we, most of us sitting right here, have some good friends that now live in Wisconsin that are highly affected by this. And they're highly affected by what's going on. Um, talked with them on the phone the other day. And I got to tell you, everything coming together makes me feel a lot like there's no hope. And I really think that's why we're in the position we're in. Because we look at everything that's happening around us the attitude of people around us, whether it be COVID, whether it be, I mean, I, I, I look at COVID and I, it baffles me. It baffles me how we can say such things that are just not nice. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm guilty of that in and of myself. My family lives in one of the hotbeds. 
Stepp family lives on the other side of the state in Oregon where it's pretty much non-existent. Am I doing something wrong? Okay. However, my family lives in a hotbed. They're now almost to the point that if they leave their house, they have to wear a mask regardless. Um, can't go into anything, and that includes getting gas in this place that they pump your gas for you. But I find myself going, this is crazy. And they're going, but there's everybody around us who has it. They're not in church. They can't gather in church yet. They're not even close to it. You just go through it. There's so many things that I look at, and we saw them last week, and I just said a couple times, this is, I don't understand this. And they were getting offended because, well, you don't live in it. And I get that. I understand that. But I think there's so many times that we're like, people need to stop living in fear. And then other people go, people need to be more careful. And what? As we look at attitudes in just about everything, from COVID to racism, it feels like there's no hope. Are we ever going to come out of it? In Psalms, chapter 33, verse 22, and if you don't have your Bible, but you have your phone, download the YouVersion app. My scripture and the notes are on there. They're, they're there. So you can grab a hold of them there. But in Psalms 33, verse 22, I want you to listen to it because I want you to try and say it all out loud with me in just a second. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Repeat after me. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Our hope goes to him. We want his unfailing love to be with us. Even when we're putting our hope in him, we know the unfailing love is going to be there. We know it's not going to leave us. We know his love is faithful. It's consistent. It never leaves us. And we'll get to that in a while. But we need to be putting our hope in him. We need to be stepping up and saying, I want to be more like you. Today, I want to talk to you specifically about that hope. Today, I want to talk to you specifically about where are you putting your hope? Now, I know, and some of you may be looking at me a little bit going, Aaron, you're, you're going a little bit too far here. Let me just say, I know I'm an emotional person. I know that. Um, I may be a little bit more emotional now than I used to be, but I get that, and I understand that. I get excited when I'm going hunting and fishing the next day. There is no sleeping. Lonnie, can I get an amen? When I'm going to a duck game, and I don't care if it's lacrosse, I can't sleep the night before. I get excited. It's what I do. When I, you want, you want to hear something? Maybe out myself just a little bit. For, let's see, I'm 46. For 43 years, Bethany's going to hate me for this, but Sarah already knows. For 43 years, well, actually 43 and a half years, I could not stand cheerleading teams. They weren't for me. Get out of my way. There's a game behind you. For the last three and a half years, I would get excited to go 
to a cheerleading competition. Can you imagine that? I did that, didn't I? Yes, I did that. Well, you know, it's still it's still there for me, but I went and I loved it for the four and a half minutes of that one routine. It was great. Just saying. Two and a half minutes, it felt like fun. No, it was only two and a half minutes. It was great. I loved it. I'm passionate. I put it in. My hope goes into a lot of things, just like it thinks yours does. And whether you're emotional like me, and people can see it all the times, it's hard for me to hide my emotions. When I get excited, I'm excited. When I'm down, I'm down. That's hard for me. You may be different. You may be able to hide them. That's fine. But you're still emotional. And you still ride that wave. And that hope determines a lot of where those emotions are going. The question is, where are you putting that hope? Are you putting that hope into your spouse? They're going to let you down. Are you putting that hope into your job? It may, it's going to let you down. You may take the job, for instance, you may have gone, gone above and beyond. And you may be going, you know what? I'm doing everything I can and I've given everything I can to this job, to this boss, to this business, to this company. And what are they giving me back? Squaw. What do I have to do? You may be putting your hope in the vehicle you're going to buy. I'm saving, I'm saving, I'm saving, I'm saving to buy a vehicle. I'm saving, I'm saving, I'm saving to do it. And that one vehicle you wanted is gone. And now you're going, well, now what? We don't purposefully do that. I really, truly believe we don't. I think we get caught up in our everyday life. And we get caught up in what's happening right now. And sometimes we put our hope in people. And then, what happens? Well, how about I say it this way? I think I can say it this way. We put our hope in law enforcement. And then we see some things that happen. And we see somebody get killed. And we see some abuse of power. And all of a sudden, everything changes and everybody can. And our hope changes because we are emotion. Because we're not putting our hope in the right spots. Because I think there's a whole lot of times that one thing represents everything with us. The problem is we're putting our hope in the wrong thing. We're putting our hope into something that really doesn't or really isn't going to do anything for us. We're putting our hope in things other than Jesus Christ himself. Because you know what you're doing? You're treating hope as a lot. Aaron, what do you mean? Now, I thought about bringing a ladder up here, but the type of ladder I wanted to use, um, I really had nothing to lean it against, so I didn't bring it up. But I'm not talking about a four-legged ladder. I'm talking about a two-legged ladder that we take and we lean it against something. And we say, I'm trusting, I'm hoping it's going 
to work. Now, I, I as you know, being a ripper, um, there's a lot of times Steph was not allowed to come by the job site because I didn't want her to see what I was leaning the ladder against. I didn't want her to see that as it was up there, one of the, um, thank you, at the top, that was against the roof. The other one was just kind of swinging. So as you climbed up, you had to lean on this side to make sure that it was there. I didn't want her to see that. I didn't want her to understand that I was putting my faith and my trust and my hope in that rotten piece of wood that it was leaning against. My question is, what are you leaning your ladder against? Are you leaning your ladder against your teacher? I better get an A. I better get a B. I better just pass. Are you leaning your ladder against your coach? Are you leaning your ladder against your parents? Are you leaning your ladder against your spouse? Are you leaning your ladder against your kids? Because you know what? I've done everything I can for my kids. And then when they grew up, they made horrible choices. And if I could, I would go back and I would change that senior year. I would change that freshman year of college. I would change what I allowed them to do and what I didn't allow them to do. Because you know what? The choices they made and the things they're going through right now, I leave my ladder against them and they made poor choices and somehow that's my fault. What are you leaning your ladder against? What are you saying your hope is in? Because it's going to crumble if it's not against God. It's going to let you down. And that ladder is going to come tumbling down. And you're going to be sitting there in pain going, what happened? I don't understand. What are you putting it against? We're going to look today at Romans chapter 8. And we are going to, I'm going to see if my notes are working yet, because why? Hey, it is. Good deal. It got too hot. Uh, we are going to look at Romans chapter 8, and we are going to take a look. We're going to start at verse 20. We're going to take a look at what? We're going to take a look at what Paul says hope really is in. We're going to take it. Look, look at Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 20, and I'm going to tell you. Now, I'm going to tell you, we're going to go 20 through 38, and I'm going to skip verses as we go along. That doesn't mean that I want you to um, think I don't think they're important. There is so much in these 18... And if we were to look at the Greek and all that, it, it would take us forever. So we're not going to do all that. But what we are going to do is we're all going to go home and tonight or tomorrow morning, we're all going to read all 18 verses, right? Good deal. I'm glad you agreed. This is what you need to do. You will enjoy it. I promise you. But Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 20. For the creation was subjected to frustration. Stop right there. It was subjected to frustration because of what? Because of sin. Here's the deal. Am I too loud? Sorry. Here's the deal. 
here's the deal. If you go all the way back to Genesis, go all the way back to Adam and Eve, sin entered the world. When sin entered the world, it wasn't going to leave. God allowed sin to enter the world. God allowed destruction to enter the world. God allowed sin to come and destroy. God allowed sin to come and cause us frustration. God allowed that to happen. And now that it's here, it's here. Verse 20 says right there, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the the will of the one who subjected it in hope. Verse 21. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into a glorious freedom of the children of God. We will be brought in to a glorious freedom from bondage to decay. What's bondage to decay? That's death. We are all decaying, like it or not. We're getting older, we're decaying. That's in this world. Every living thing will decay. Every living thing will go away. Some of you saying, yes, Aaron, I know. I feel it more and more every day. So do I. Here's the thing. I don't like it. You don't either. We don't like that we're from bondage to decay. We don't like that that is how it works. In fact, to a lot of us, it doesn't even make sense. To a lot of us, we don't, it, I, I don't understand that. Anybody heard of Mother Teresa? Why in the world did she die? Did she ever sin? Well, yeah, we know she did. But we would say, holy cow, she did it all right. I gotta tell you, and then most of you know, my father passed away in 1996 at the age of 50 years old. But if you were to hear people talk right now, the guy never made a mistake in his life. My mom will tell you he did. But everybody else, he never made a mistake in his life. And he's on my mind today because it's Father's Day. But the guy never made a mistake. And there's times I go, really? He never did anything to irritate you. He never did anything to frustrate you. Come on. Every single one of us are in decay. And every single living thing on this planet is in decay because of sin. But he says right there, from bondage to decay and brought into glorious freedom of the children of God. Verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have first fruits of the spirits groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. We are going to go live with him when the decay is final. From bondage to decay to heaven. That's the plan. That's what he wants. We have that hope. We have that ability. We have that as fact that will be happening to us and through us. We can live for that. The hope is there. We are brought to him. It said right there, verse 23. 
And I love this part. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we ourselves who have chosen Christ, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption. Do you know what that means? Do you know what grown inwardly means? A lot of times we think, well, that just means uh, when I'm tired and when I'm hurt. Here's the deal. What that means is the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking for you when you don't even have the words to say what you need to say when you pray. We talked about this in youth group the other night a little bit. And uh, partly because I was studying this as we were getting ready. But I told this story. It came to me when we were at youth group, and I, I love it. It's perfect. A guy I had speak for many retreats when um, I was a youth pastor. He lived up in Seattle, and he was driving down I-405 freeway. And for those who don't know, that's a four-lane highway, or eight-lane highway, four lanes each way, right down through downtown Seattle. And it was shocking, I know, raining really hard <laughs> one day up there. And as Brian, James was in the passenger seat, Brian was driving, they were going down the road and there was water across the road and the car started to hydroplane. Rush hour traffic, 50 miles an hour, down four lane highway, concrete medians on either side and cars all around. And Brian did one thing, the only thing he knew how to do. As the car was spinning, he went, dear heavenly father, as the car is spinning, no. He went, Jesus! <laughs> and the car stopped in the median, facing the right direction, a foot away from the concrete barrier, out of the way of traffic. And he stood there and went, or sat there and went, uh. And they got back on the freeway and went. Do you know why he yelled Jesus? He wasn't um, doing what a lot of us do when we yelled Jesus. He was saying, Dear Heavenly Father, as this car is out of control, can you please keep me safe? Can you please stop me on the right side? But he didn't have time for that. So his inward just yelled, and the Holy Spirit filled in the voice. That's what this is saying. The groans can come. Your groans, you're laying in bed, you're sobbing, you're hurt, you're pain, you're, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got another text from somebody just this last week who's in our church. They're not here today. That's why I can share it. You'll never know who it is, but they fly until they tell you. But they said, I've been furloughed in my job since the middle of March. I am now furloughed until the end of September. He's two weeks away from going back to work. Now he has another three months. Get this. Get this. I said, how do you feel about that? Do you know what the text message read coming back? There's a lot of people who lost their jobs and got laid off. So I'm actually feeling pretty fortunate right now. And I giggled. Because he has every reason in the world to complain. And every reason in the world to be upset. But his hope doesn't lie in his job. If it did, then he'd be going, what in the world? His hope lies somewhere else. Because he's looking at it and he's saying, praise God, I'm still working. Praise God, I still have a job. Continue on. The Holy Spirit will speak for you. Verse 24. For in this hope we were saved. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? 
We don't hope for what we already have. We don't hope for what we have here on this earth. We already have it. What we hope for is beyond. What we hope for is what God the Father has for us later on, after the decay. What we hope for is Him to come through and do what He said He was going to do. Verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Yeah, that sounds right. Patiently in me is not, that don't work. I'm not a very patient person. I want it not. In fact, I could even say, well, I just had one of these conversations with the board meeting the other night. I said, I'm going to ask you about something, and I know we've talked about it's going to be a few months till we do it. It's been three weeks, so let's have the conversation again. Because I, that seems like a few months. 21 days. I know I'm not patient. I get that. It's something I'm working on. Have been for a long time. But we wait patiently for what God will bring to us. Verse 26, and I'm going to do 26 through 30 quite quickly. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. By the way, those who have been called according to his purpose, do you know who that is? us. And I don't mean the people just sitting here. I mean people. Human beings. God calls all of us. He wants all of us. He wants us to reach in, to grab a hold. Verse 29. For those God for who knew, he also predestined to be, by the way, who did he foreknow? All of us. He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Verse 31, here's where it gets good again. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, you're going to come up against opposition, especially when we're putting our ladder against something that's going to crumble. I will even say this. In regards to your ladder, in regards to if God is for us, who can be against us? If I am putting my ladder up against what God has asked me to do, not God himself, what God has asked me to do, I'm going to struggle. Do you know why? Because I am not a patient person. Because I have my own goals. Because I have my own vision. I have my own, this is what needs to happen. This is what should happen. This is how it should work. Now, can I, Ron, can I use you guys for, give me the name of your farm. Farm in the Dell. It's going to be a farm for disabled students. Mentally handicapped adults. 
that is. God has given that to you. You guys are going to do it. I believe it wholeheartedly. But if you lean your ladder up against, this is how it needs to go, and this is what, and why, it's not going to work. Because your hope isn't in the farm. Your hope isn't in helping mentally handicapped adults. Your hope goes against God or goes to God. Your ladder goes against God. Does that make sense? I can't put my hope in what I'm doing. I put my hope in God himself. Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? He gave his own son. He already took that step. What else can he give? He's showing you he's going to be there for us and give us everything we need. Verse 34, 33. Who will bring any charge against us? Those whom God has chosen. It is God who justifies. Now, this is where I'm going to stop, and I want you to, to fill in the blanks here because I'm going to jump to verse 38 because it's so key and it's so important and it's so huge. Look at verse 30, 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers. Verse 39, I'm going on. Why? Because it's incredible. Neither hype, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Neither my wife, neither my kids, neither my job, neither my mom, neither my friends, neither fill in the blank. Nothing. Nothing. You can be every example you want. And let me tell you, I have heard many of them. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Now, here's where we look at and we go, but Aaron, I've done so many things. I know you've done so many things. I've put my hope in so many other things. I understand you put your hope in so many other things. This is the beauty of it. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit don't walk away and say, there's the line, you're done. He says, come on. You've been trying to run from me. You've been doing everything you can to put your hope in everything else but me. If you turn around and take a step, you're going to bump into me because I'm not close. I'm right there. When you're in a concert and you're shoulder to shoulder with people and you can't move, it's me you're bumping up against. Me and my love. I won't change. I won't leave. I won't forsake you. I will not leave you. Do you know why? Because nothing can separate me. Nothing can separate my love from you. You may choose to walk away from me. That's on you. But I'm here. And when you choose to walk away, I'm coming right after you. And by the way, you can't run faster than me. See, that's where the hope lies. We live from bondage to decay. And when we decay, what then? It's ready for us right there. Eternity with him. 
That sounds like something I need to be putting my hope in. That sounds like something I need to be leaning my ladder against. But here's the thing. You have all this going on in your heart that you're putting your heart towards. And you have your, your hands gripped on the ladder. And you have your mind made up. When your heart and your mind start turning from God himself, or start turning from what you're putting your hope in, your hands start to loosen the grip on that ladder a little bit. And instead of pushing it towards what you're going against, you can start to pull it back. And you can lean it to where it goes. Where are you putting your hope in? Because you know what? The God I serve works for the glory in all things for those who are called according to his purpose. The God I serve says, keep running after me because you surely can't run from me. My love will be there. The question is, do you want it? The question is, do you want to stop putting your hope and leaning your ladder up against things that you know are going to fail you? You need to stop leaning your ladder up there and then turning around and going, God, where were you? Why did And he would say, there's sin in the world. We know this. In fact, a lot of times, we might even ask the question that a lot of people ask. Is it okay if I do this? Which really what we're saying is, is that a sin? Can I do that anyways and still be a Christian? I got a better idea. How about we lean our ladder of hope against Christ himself? How about we lean a ladder of hope against God himself? How about we lean a ladder of hope against the Holy Spirit himself? And we say, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And when this all crumbles, and when I'm hurting, and when I can't see it, and when I realize I've screwed up, I am going to come back and I'm going to say through my tears, give me your hope. Continue to show me when I can't see it, God, show me somehow, some way that you still have the whole world in your hands. Help me, God, to be able to see what you're doing. Because sometimes I can't. Sometimes I hurt. And sometimes I just can't figure it out. I feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over and over. And you know what? I don't think I'm the only one here who is ever watching online who has ever said, what's the point? We all get there. And God says, where's your ladder? Put it against me. I will make a way when there isn't a way. Father, give us your hope. 
make a way where there seems to be no way? Let us stop putting our ladders against rotten pieces of wood. Father, when things look so strong and so it's going to be it and that's where it needs to go, help us, Father. Help us to put our ladders against you because it's the only thing that will be stable. And that's where our hope goes. Your promises endure forever, Father. Work in us, Father. Would you stand with me?
preach. Bless us this week in thy name we pray. Amen. To all the fathers, happy Father's Day. I hope you have a blessed day. There's a bloop right there. It's full of dad's root beer cream soda and cherry cream soda. Grab one, grab two. Have a great day. All you mothers and children, dad gets to do